Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonado, here with my co-host, Steve Anderson. The Black Knight Nation podcast is sponsored by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company ran by former Army football player, former Army football coach, former Army, um, also served in the Army, Joe Ross. Joe, We thank Joe Ross and Higher Echelon. They're on board for another year sponsoring this Black Knight Nation podcast. We really appreciate their support. Without them, we're not we're not here right now. So uh, we're going to please before we get going with our guests, uh, check out our YouTube channel at Black Knight Nation. Check out BlackKnightNation.com and all our socials and we'll get our guest in right now. Uh, Scott Flanick. Scott, thanks for uh, joining us tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be here. No doubt. Um, so, Scott, um, a couple of weeks ago, um, some big news um, you were um, you were taken by the New Jersey Generals in the USFL draft. Talk about that. Um, uh, talk about what that experience is, was like for you. Yeah, so, I mean, it started back in January. Uh, I went down to Dallas for the Gridiron Showcase that they do every year, and it used to be just for college guys coming right out, um, but they recently started doing a free agent one as well. So I went down um, and worked out. I got into it from my – my snapping coach, Coach uh, Jackson Cook and Mike McCabe. Um, they're with the one-on-one kicking organization. And Coach McCabe got me into the gridiron, so I flew down um, and was lucky enough to open some eyes at that workout uh, and talk to the USFL there. And they sent me the initial contract like a few weeks later, signed all that, got the green light from my agent and from um, – like the army side of things that like, Hey, this is something I'd be allowed to do. And then on the draft, uh, I was sitting in my office rapidly scrolling on Twitter, like waiting to see who the snappers were going to be taking. And then it was like round 35. And then my name was the first one to pop up. So it was like really exciting experience. I actually jumped up and hugged one of my squad leaders. Um, he was pumped for me. So it was good. So it didn't come as a surprise to you really. Right. Um, so I didn't know how many like snappers were in the draft, how many guys they looked at. I was kind of like in the dark and all that. Um, I knew if I had a shot, the generals were going to be the biggest team that I had a shot with. So coach Riley was actually my uncle, Mike Kislak's head coach when he played for the San Antonio riders um, back in the world league days. Wow. So it was really cool. And then also a big part of me getting the shot was, um, John Peterman, he's one of the big personnel guys for the league. And he was the guy that helped my uncle get into the NFL. So I had some like family connections that really helped. Um, And on top of that, both my uncle Mike and my uncle Dave were both at the gridiron, like supporting me, um, getting film for me so that I could post it on like my YouTube link and everything, just helping me get um, in front of the right eyes at the right time. So Scott, did you, um, uh, did you, like always, so you're you're a platoon leader right now, at JBLM. Yeah. All right, you're serving in the infantry. How often do you kind of balance the the infantry lifestyle versus long snapping lifestyle? So for me, it's like the biggest battle I fight is like the distance running as opposed to like explosive movements and like the sprinting, power cleans and stuff like that. Because um, like snapping is a big explosive movement. Um, so just trying to balance those two, like I'm not a strong distance runner. I'll be the first one to admit that, but 
uh, I'm kind of steady Eddie. Like I get that pace and I just keep it the whole time. Um, and then the biggest thing for me though, is like, it's nice having designated time every morning. And that's kind of fun. Cause I get to take my squads and kind of take them through like some football type workouts as far as like sprints or, um, we get like one sports day a month where we'll, we'll throw something a little fun in there for them. Um, so just like, wasn't too hard to balance as far as physically. Um, the biggest challenge I've had up here is I don't really have anybody to snap to. Um, so I've been kind of like finding different ways to, to keep myself snapping and like working out and consistent. Um, luckily my body has like pretty good muscle memory. So I haven't had to like worry too much every time I've gone and just kind of like done it live. It's worked out. So that's good. And like, like you said, I mean, it always helps to, to have somebody advocate um, for you that knows knows the right connections. Is this uh, did you always know from West Point this was going to be something that you were going to continue to pursue, or is it kind of like I'm going to do infantry and if, if the opportunity arises I'll do it, or is this something that you continue to pursue once you graduated? You were you knew this was one of the paths that you were going to continue to try to to try to commit to. Yeah, no, this is definitely something I, I was fully, fully bought into and committing to, um, especially being one of those specialized positions. Uh, I didn't really get too beat up at school um, with snapping and all that. And then the Army, like, it's not the best thing for your body, but if you do the right recovery and you, you take care of yourself, it's, it's pretty easy to stay in good shape. So it, it hasn't really hindered me there. Um, I bullock, it was really convenient being where I was because – where my coach is based out of is in Birmingham. So I was only a three hour drive away. So every weekend I'd be hopping and it was weird. Cause like COVID had just like kind of let us go outside like the radius and get into that normal, normal radius for the weekends. So everything just kind of fell into place. Um, and I would drive up three hours every weekend. I met some buddies up there that I was able to stay with. Um, uh, one of them's actually on the Houston gamblers. He's their kicker, Nick Vogel. Um, and then his roommate was Kyle Kramer, who's a great punter. Um, but I used to stay with them. We'd I'd drive up Friday night. Um, we'd wake up Saturday morning. We'd go train. And then Sunday morning, um, we'd wake up and I would go coach uh, high school and middle school kids on how to snap. Um, so it was kind of twofold for me. Uh, I was able to work out with a lot of cool dudes. Um, I've snapped to A.J. Cole, the Raiders punter. Um, as well as Blake Gillikin, the Saints punter. I uh, wasn't lucky enough to work out, but he was always around with Ty Long um, from the Chargers. And then uh, Stefan Flintoft, he's on the uh, British Columbia Lions. Um, so he's their punter, so I got to snap with him. And just like a bunch of dudes, it was just nice to be around that level. And, and it kind of opened my eyes of like, am I actually where I think I am or is it not quite there? And that was just like a really – eye opener for me of like, you know what, maybe like I really can compete at this level. Um, so for me, that was like a great experience. Scott, uh, I'll have you know that I was an eye bullet instructor at one point, And I'll tell you this right now. I, I could not imagine for what I put the lieutenants through. Right. I mean, we changed the entire diet, the, the entire you morph, right. It's, it's like a full morph uh, body morph mentality, morph. Uh, that we try to make these lieutenants go through. You're not at your commissioning source anymore. You know, we try to beat into the guy's head. You're not 
a soccer player anymore. You're not a football player anymore. You're not this. The only thing that matters is being the best infantry officer um, that you can be for the soldiers you're going to eventually lead. Uh, and, and look, there's a lot of long distance running. Uh, I'm a big guy by trade as well. Um, so long distance is my thing, but I, you know, I, I continuously work at it. So I, I feel you there uh, on that. Um, so I understand <laughs> having been through Ibolic, you know, essentially pre-ranger, right? And then uh, instructing it, which I was made it even harder uh, than when I went through it. That uh, that kind of commitment, um, you know, it'll it'll it it'll make you it'll make you realize if it's worth it to you or not. Um, so obviously, you had uh, some supporting cast, some supporting leadership. I would have told guys, you know, go for it, man. Like if you need to break out early on Fridays. Um, same kind of deal. Cause there's all, I mean, we're talking 1% of people, you know, less than 1% of people ever have the ability to even, you know, walk on that type of field. Um, so, uh, really cool that you, you had that, that drive to, you know, cause you know, three hour drive every weekend, you know, every, even every other weekend, twice a month, uh, can be, you know, can be a lot. So that's good that you had a good supporting cast uh, around you down there at Benning. Yeah, I, I, uh, a promise I had made to myself in the beginning too is I was never gonna let me chasing football take away from what I'd gain from the military. Um, so actually, like, I don't even know if my chain of command was really aware of like everything I was doing on the weekends as far as like where I was working out. I, I'd mentioned to them a few times, um, so they knew I was doing it, but like it wasn't this thing where like I was cutting out or anything. Like I was there until everybody else was there. And as soon as we got off, I would go do my thing for the weekend, come back Sunday yeah. night. So you weren't just in – you weren't just at, you know, the uh, – what is it, Cannon Brew Pub and uh, – Right. And, uh, what was it? Mc, what is it? Mc, Chattabrucci. Huh? Chattabrucci. Yeah, Chattabrucci. You didn't uh, – you weren't – you. so you were out training on weekends versus uh, hanging out downtown Columbus, huh? You know, maybe yeah. a couple Auburn trips, maybe a couple Auburn trips in there. So I actually never went to Auburn, but Birmingham's oh, not oh, Birmingham, Birmingham's not a bad. Yeah, bad yeah, yeah. Either, so. yeah that's, good. <laughs> that's good. So um, I hate to I hate to back up a little bit, but what what interests you to uh, to come to Army in the first place? So it was really funny you asked that because I remember a specific conversation I had with my dad um, when I was in high school, and it was like my senior year. And we were looking at schools. I didn't really know where I wanted to go. I knew what I wanted to study. I wanted to do some form of engineering because um, this math was like my really strong suit. Um, but for me, it was when we got to the fall, like after my season, I talked to my head coach and he was going on a visit there. Um, and my dad had mentioned to me, he's like, you ever thought about like West Point? And I was like, no, I haven't. Like, honestly, like I never even thought to look there, um, which was weird because I only lived like 45 minutes away. And my parents are in Montgomery, New York, so it's, like, really close. Um, and a couple months later, talking to my head coach, like, hey, coach, like, I, I want to play in college. Like, I thought I was going to be a baseball guy, and my senior year changed that for me. Um, he was like, well, we're going to Army next week, so let me call and see if we can get you on that visit, um, which the guy that was going on the visit originally ended up going to Navy, which was pretty funny. Um, yeah, Mike Martin, right? Yeah, Mike Martin. Um, that was like a another guy went to to Buffalo, Matt Mallory. Um, unfortunately, had some 
some things happened with him there that he wasn't able to to continue playing. It was a personal decision he made, which I fully support him. Um, and then I was all ready because I was going to get offered by Coach Ellerson. I was really excited, and then they all got released, and I was like, "Cool, like there goes there goes that. Like, better start looking at where else I'm going to go to school." Um, but then, luckily, Coach Luce, uh, John Luce kept talking to my coach from high school and they ended up offering me as a snapper to go to the prep school first. So I went to the prep school in 2014 to 2015 um, and then into the academy uh, following that. Yeah, Scott, you know, I forgot about kind of the pedigree you have in your family with your with your uncles, right? I mean, your uncle Mike played, um, yeah, he played some, you know, he he played in the NFL. He played for the Dallas Cowboys and uh, your, your uncle Dave was, was a good – a really good college football player too. Right. I mean, so you got, I mean, how much of that was in the back of your head when you're kind of, you know, looking around your senior year and saying, Hey, you know, you know, maybe kind of following the paths and possibly your uncles to a point. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was really like the decision went into of like, I truly fell in love with the game my senior year. And that fire has just like never left me since then. And I remember like sitting there and being like, it was after I played in like the section nine, like all-star game at Newburgh. And they had like a, a night where they had a bunch of like colleges there, like some, some D3, I think there's a couple D2 schools there, but I just walked around and I was like, I'm not done. Like I, I have more left in me. Um, and that was when I mentioned it to my coach and like coach Jim Wright, he was the one that helped me get recruited. Like, I'm thankful. Like everyone that's helped me along the way, it's crazy how things have just like fallen into place. Um, and I've had like a great support system from my family. Like I have an amazing girlfriend, Jasmine, like she pushes me every day. Like when the army stuff gets rainy and we're on the field and she's just like the first one, when I get out, she's like, yeah, you can complain to me, but you did it. Like, I don't know why you're complaining. Like you crushed it. So she she definitely puts life into perspective for me. Um, my parents definitely like the best support system, and then I have my niece and nephew, um, Noah and Lucy, and I'm actually going to be another. Uh, I have another niece or, or or nephew. We don't know yet. Coming in April, I'm actually opening weekend, so I'm I'm really excited for that. And and they're like my my nephew already told me. So Uncle Scotty, me and me and Daddy are coming to one of your games. I said okay. So. I'm, all you need man hey when did you start long snapping like when did you be like start doing that um how early do you start long snapping and how when do you start like thinking okay this is maybe something i can do really well and put in the extra time to do it so yeah so as young as i can remember um when we were out in the yard i actually my mom wouldn't let me play football until i hit seventh grade so i was like biting at the bit to play and she wouldn't let me play youth football um i was a i was actually a swimmer um until then and then seventh grade came and I was able to play. But ever since I was I was younger, my uncles, whenever they were up, they would always be like out in the yard throwing the ball around with us. My uncle, Mike and Uncle Dave taught me and my brother Dan um, had a long snap. And they both said to us, they're like, if you want to play in college and you want to guarantee your spot on like any team or up your value, learn how to do this. Um, and it wasn't until really like when I got recruited to play it in college, because in high school, like it was just something I did for my team because like I was the only one who really knew how to do it. Um, when I got to college, that was when I like learned the art of like what it actually is. Um, 
I went down to Arizona, got some lessons from uh, Gary Zauner, who's a big special teams guy. Um, my sophomore year, going into my sophomore year, excuse me, like my freshman year spring, during spring break, I went down there and trained. Um, and then from that week on, it was just like I dedicated myself to like understanding actually what goes into it, um, which has helped me tremendously in like coaching younger athletes. Um, I've had the opportunity to work with some amazing dudes. Um, the Alabama snapper, Neil and Hibbett, um, a guy at Clemson who's, um, I don't know if he's going to start this year or not. I don't know what their depth chart looks like, but he's like amazing. Uh, Holden Casperson, um, just great dudes um, that I've gotten a chance to like work with um, and alongside of that have made me better and, and just help me understand the game better um, as far as long snapping goes. But yeah, the, I, ever since I can remember doing it in the yard and then from that moment on, as far as my sophomore year goes, like that was when I was like, this is an art that I need to like learn and become perfect at essentially. Yeah. I remember uh, I went to a, uh, I went to a kick punt long snapping camp one year when I was like, I don't know, probably like seventh, eighth grade. And I kicked a punt. I didn't long snap, but like when I was younger, right. I just had a strong leg. So they just put me out there to kick. I used to toe punch. Um, I actually have a funny story at prep school. I kicked a 50 yarder at prep school, uh, toe punching in practice. Our kicker couldn't believe it. Uh, but, um, but at that camp was the, when I was introduced to long snapping and what you said was exactly what was told to me was if you want to separate yourself from just another linebacker or just another running back or just another DN, right? Try long snapping, right? Try long snapping. Uh, and I tried it and I was just like, look, I, I just don't like this. I'm not doing it. Um, so like it, that was my mentality for it, but a teammate of mine, right did do it and he was a pretty good football player uh pretty good high school football player uh, was getting looked at by colleges no solid offers but he got an offer to be a long snapper and he took it um so you know what you're saying is is it cannot be more truer that um you just open up you know you just open up another another door for yourself um especially if you're a naturally explosive guy in high school um so can you talk to us about what your times were when you snapped in high school to get to West Point, but then how much better you got at West Point to the to to where you got drafted for the UCFL? Yeah, so I'll be honest. In high school, like I, I could go back and pull my. I don't even know like what my times really were. I just know I could put it on him. Like he'd stand back there and I'd hit him right in the chest basically every single time. Um, Right. So you were just, just your accuracy, your accuracy was what you really had in, in high school. So uh, don't really know a time, but you knew you were hitting that guy in between his numbers every time. And that was for, did you do punt and field goal? I did both. Yeah. Punt and field goal all the way through. Okay. So, so um, well, your aim point's a little different for those two, right? Yeah, so for punt, your aim point is, like, ideally it's the right hip. But when you're in high school, it's like if you can hit him right in the chest, if he right. misses it, it's going to hit him in the chest. So yeah. Um, <laughs> right now, uh, my aim point for punt is the right hip uh, or left hip if it's a left-footed punter, um, just depending on what they prefer. And then uh, 
for a field goal when the holder's down, he's got that finger on the ground for where the spot's going to be. That back elbow basically is where you're aiming at. So, um, cause if you put it right there, ideally his hand's going to be in the same general area. Um, he's going to bring that other hand up and then field goal. The big thing too is like the laces. Um, so judging where he's catching the ball every time, that's going to judge where I set myself to make sure that we're getting perfect laces or I set the ball to make sure that when he catches it, he gets perfect laces every time. What you talking about, man? You can't, you can't long snap perfect laces. That's not, that's not a real thing, is it? So on punt snaps, the ball should do three full rotations and the punter should catch Sal, it generally Sal, on top Sal, of it. you ever heard anything like this? Never, never, never. This is some cool, this is some cool stuff, man. I just thought it was all up to the, the holder or the fucking uh, the punter to figure it out. So okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. This is this is some this is some new stuff. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, so uh, like punts, it's a little bit less of a big deal because like the punter's gonna mold the ball anyway. And you actually you don't want the the ball to be perfect laces when he catches it because usually when they catch it and the laces are up, they get really excited and that's when they like mess something else up. Um, so you want your snap to be like where the laces are a little bit off to one side. Um, for a punt, so they mold and then they they punt the ball, and then for field goal, um, those laces you want them up every time because think about how much that saves the holder um, and the kicker. Like if the kicker's coming for the for the kick every time and he's seeing the laces backing him and they have to rotate away, like that's a scary thought as a kicker when you're looking at your spot and you're seeing laces. Um, so it's like that that movie uh, with Ace Ventura, I think it is. Where it's like laces laces out Marino or something like that. Um, but if the holder catches it and those laces are already up or generally up, all he's got to do is like take it and put it down right on the spot. Yeah, and I think I mean you guys rep this uh, and rep this and rep this. So the kicker has to know just to kick the ball, you know, regardless of where the laces are when he sees it, but it's still, a, trust it. yep. it's still a, a mental thing, right? Cause if nine times out of 10, the laces are good. Right. And then that 10th, when he sees it, I mean, that's just like anything like, um, you know, I'm a huge Baltimore Ravens fan. So I get the pleasure of watching old Alto Matt Tuck, uh, kick the ball, um, which is, which is awesome. But Coke, the punter, right. Um, is is uh is his holder so um same kind of stuff there but um so all right so back to back to you the timing from when you opened up at west point the first time you remember ever being told what you remember the coaches telling you because it's always pretty pretty good you know like man that's not good you suck or you know this is where we need to get to and then how much better you needed to get there and then what you what you really focused on on how to improve your time. Yeah, so I remember sitting in Coach Munkin's office specifically and him being like, all right, because I was struggling a little. I was pulling him left a lot, the punter, and it was bad because I was pulling him out of the shield, like out, out of the back of the shield. And he said, I don't really know much about snapping a football, but all I know is, and he drew a picture of a person on a paper, and he said, you're putting the ball here. And we need it here. They said, so whatever you got to do to fix it, I need you to fix it before the season. And I was like, no problem, coach. And then that was when I, right before I went to Arizona to train with Coach Downer. So it worked out really well because I came back in this fall 
and I was just throwing darts. So was, yeah, but was, what was it? What was what were what did you learn and what did you take away from Arizona? That was it. The was it your left hand was guiding or your right hand was guiding or or what exactly did you learn that you know because you can learn something right but you can't implement it necessarily right? Somebody can tell me all time all day what cover three is, but if I don't know if, if I don't know how to actually get there, that's yeah. a problem. So what what were you coached and then how did you turn that coaching tip into actual like action yeah so when i was working out with them i was i remember first of all i was so nervous the first time i was self-taught until this point it's like i've never had like a snapping coach and i remember i was warming up and i was at like 10 yards i couldn't get the ball off the ground like it was literally just rolling back there basically and i was like what the hell and he was just watching me and what i was doing was i was kind of just like pushing the ball back um instead of throwing the ball back, which essentially when you're underneath, it's you're throwing the ball through your legs. Like that's all a long snap is. And that other hand is just to guide it to make sure it goes exactly where you want it to go. And it helps put some zip on the ball because you got some more um, like leverage on it. But what I was doing is I was kind of pushing the ball and that was giving me like an inconsistent finish with my hands. And also I was like right hand dominant. So I wasn't really using enough of my left hand to guide it right. And then he also pointed out to me, if you take a picture, so if you're standing as like the um, middle linebacker across from me, and he took a picture of like my shoulders and my shoulders were kind of canted, like I was all twisted because of how my hand was on the ball. And all he did was instead of having my middle finger down that back seam, he said, just use your pointer finger instead. And he's like, it's going to feel weird, but I want to see something. So moved my pointer finger there and took another picture and it was like flat as could be like my, my shoulders were perfect. I wasn't all torqued up and weird. One finger. Um, yeah, that's it. Just one move my hand over. And it straightened your body so, out. Uh, yeah. I, I, my ball's over there, but I could show you, but yeah, I, instead of having this down the seam on the other side, I just moved one finger over and that untorqued my shoulders. I need that, and I need that adjustment for my back, Scott. <laughs> my back, man. Can I just I mean, move my on? My brother in law's a chiropractor and my sister in law. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, keep going, keep going. Um, but yeah, and then he also had me, I had the ball flat on the ground before I'd snap it, like really on like the, the curved part of the ball. And he's like, no, you got to get the ball up on the point more, up on the nose of the football, and it'll, it'll just make the snap happen more naturally. He's like, all I want you to do is, and some people call this a hitch. It's only a hitch if you're coming like forward first, but you pick it up and you throw it through. You got to pick it up to get that clearance off the ground. Um, otherwise, you're just going to scrape it. Um, but he's like, all I want you to do is get down, pick it up, and then throw it to me through your legs. And that was what I did. And we did that for like an hour and a half. And then we went and watched some film. He was like, all right. It's like, I'm pretty cooked today. We came back the next day and just kept working the stuff that he taught me the day before. And from that point on was like, that was when I, I was like, I need to really start learning what I'm doing and working on things every single day. Um, and it worked out. Like I, like I said, I came in that fall and I was, I was shooting darts. So I was, I was pretty excited about it. All right. So there was never a, there was never a discussion. I just remember when I played army football, um, I can't remember if it was, um, 
so Joe Ross was actually our special teams coach when I was there for a little bit. And I can't remember if it was him or Coach Ellerson, but I just remember them just crushing this snapper one day. They got too slow. It's too slow. I need you to be at one point, whatever. I don't, I can't I can't have I can't have one point there. I need one point that. Right? So do you remember any of those numbers or was it so I, was it I know what all my like, numbers are now. Huh? Um, I know what all my numbers are now. Like back right, then, but I'm talking about I'm talking about then, or was it just like look, I'm just trying to snap this as hard as I can, as straight as I can, and you know, hopefully the numbers work out. Yeah, so like for me, it was I, luckily, I don't know if it was because I had like good levers for arms or what, but I, speed was never really like an issue for me on my snaps. Um, like if I wasn't at my strongest point, maybe I would lose like a couple hundredths of a second. Um, but for the most part, like I've always been at least a 0.75 guy um, as far as like snap to catch. And if I got slower than that, it was just because I was like fatigued or – it was like toward the end of practice. Um, but usually like I was, like I said, I don't know what went into it, but I think ex- like earlier you mentioned like just being like a naturally like explosive person. I Power clean has always been my best lift. So like, I think that just all ties into the snap and I don't know if it's because of snapping or what, but all through college, like that's, it's been my favorite lift and my best one um, my whole career. Um, so I think just having that explosiveness, like I, speed was never really something I had to worry about. It was more just fine-tuning the accuracy. Um, but, yeah, every time I get down, especially field goals a little bit more finesse, um, like I said, with those laces and, and where you're putting it because it's not like a punt. I get down there and I rip that thing as hard as I can every single time. Um, my goal is to burn a hole through the punter's hip. like, And that gives the punter more time on his end to get the punt off. And that's why the times are so critical. So for a field goal, 1.25 is like ideal total operation for a field goal. So from the time I snap to the time that kick gets off, 1.25 is like you're you're no later than time. Like it's got to get off before that. Um, and that's because of like the rush and just the timing of everything. That's like the sweet spot. Punt, 0.75 and faster. You could get away with 0.8, but usually 0.75 and faster – is your is your sweet zone because your punter ideally has 1.2 to 1.25 seconds to get his kick off. So as soon as he catches it, one two off, like that should be less than 1.25 seconds. So it just gives the more time I can take off my snap, the more time that gives the punter to get his kick off. So two seconds for the total operation. Scott, we have a question from uh, somebody that you know well, a, a person who's uh, watching right now about technique or uh, the, the position. Does it make a difference to a holder or punter if the snapper is right or left-handed? Is there a different rotation? So the ball definitely rotates differently. It's, it's rotating in the opposite direction if it's a lefty. Um, and it, I'll be honest, like as a snapper, if I, if I see a dude that snaps lefty and I don't realize that he's a lefty at first, as soon as that ball comes out, I'm like, ooh, that didn't look right. And then I look and I'm like, oh, okay, he's a lefty. Um, but the rotation, as far as the rotations and the distance, like it's going to look different to the holder when he's catching it, the ball coming from a lefty as opposed to a righty. Um, but as far as the rotations and everything, like it should all be the same. Um, if you're keeping everything the same speed every time and the holder's catching it in the same spot every time, that 
that guy's going to get laces up from his snaps um, as long as he just stays as consistent as possible with his speed and everything. We had a uh, – we used to um, – so the first year Coach Ellerson took over, we switched quarterbacks, and it was uh, it was Chip Bowden who was a left-handed quarterback. And our receivers used to always say, we can't catch his balls. It's rotating differently. And, and Chip used to always be like, yeah, I'm left-handed. So you just got to get used to it. It used to be uh, – but it was always a joke where – where you know they didn't, they really could catch his balls and stuff. It just was it was so different from you know most of these guys catch from a right hander their entire careers and then a lefty throws it to you, and it's it's like you said like oh that that looks a little off. It's not off. It's just it's just coming out of a a different uh, different way. So yeah, the, the rotations go in the opposite direction. So just think about it. if you're used to catching something rotating one way your whole life and then it's rotating the other way, it's gonna feel weird when you're when it's coming in. How about this question, Scott? Have you ever drilled a dude in the face when he wasn't ready for the snap or drilled a coach in the face? No. So I, I actually talked about this the other day to somebody. Uh, Zach Potter was my buddy who I'd warm up with. Um, he was our, one of our – he was like our 50-yard our, uh, and in punter because he could pin him deep really well. And one time we were out of practice, and I was warming up. And I looked through my – I always look first to make sure they're looking. He was looking at me. And from the time I picked my head up, to get ready to snap and I like from seeing him and then picking my head up to snap, he turned his head this way and was looking at something. Well, it wasn't in his face, but I, I sent the be- one of the best snaps I've ever had and it hit him right between the legs and he, oh, right in the he nuts, felt man. it. He felt it. Um, that's and I got, looked and I was like, you're looking at me. That's gotta be one of the worst, the, the, the tip of a football Right in the gonads has got to be one of the worst things, especially coming from a long snapper who's putting it on, you know, putting some speed on that thing. That's that sounds that sounds terrible. Yeah, he said. You said, he, uh, you said uh, Zach Potter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is he your your group? He is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's at Fort Campbell right now. Oh, nice. I I, I commanded at Fort Campbell, so that's that's okay. good. Do you have a wife, girlfriend? You make sure that he can, you know, everything's Him? still working okay? Oh, yeah. He's he's married now. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> I wasn't able to make the wedding. But, yeah, he's married. That's good, man. That's yeah. awesome. What, what brigade is he in? I'm going to have to hit him up. I'm, I'm not sure. There's only one brigade. so Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in – I'm pretty sure he's in Roxanne, but I'm not sure. There we go. All right, um, cool. Hey, um, Scott, I mean, w- once you get, you know, you go to the Arizona, you get some coaching and snapping, and then you come back and you say you're snapping probably – the best that you have that preseason. Now I'm sure you're going to get the the nod to for your first game. Can you walk us through what that was like? Because you know, being local, I don't know if you've seen games at Mikey Stadium, but I mean, what was that like for you to prepare for your first game? And talk to us a little bit about your experience the first time. Yeah, my my first start was um, at Temple, and uh, actually in the Philadelphia Eagles Stadium. Um, and I remember I was super nervous. But my, I had some family that were in that area that came down, um, and it was great. They, like, huge support. But the first home game, I think my entire hometown was at the game, um, which was, like, awesome. And I, I'll never forget, like, the first time <laughs> my jersey was a little small on me. So I was looking up at the board, and I was like, ooh, a little thick. Uh, but I remember seeing my name pop up in, like, my intro video. Um, and I was, I was like, it was cool to see the, like reap the benefits of everything I had been working toward, 
um, over that past year. Um, but I knew that I like that was only like the beginning of it, so I had to keep going. That temple, that temple game you're talking about was opening uh, the season opener. That was really a game that started this Army uh, Renaissance, right? I mean, you guys were able to beat Temple. I covered that game. Man, the locker room after that game was euphoric. I mean, I was in the press uh, room waiting for the team, uh, players to come out, and you could hear on Brave Old Army team probably through that through the halls of, um, you know, Lincoln Financial Field. What was that like to have your first game and have that experience where, hey, you know, Army was scoring, getting into the end zone. It's up to you to put put some snaps right on point so you guys can get seven. Yeah, I mean, for me. Uh, what I'll say is like it was less the snap and more the two defensive tackles across from me. Um, that was that was like for me the biggest thing. And like I trusted my guards, but our field goal protection at that point was like we would come up and I would like punch, and everybody was doing that on the line. And if you look at that game on the film, like I was I was checking the cloud coverage a lot, um, so it was good, but. One thing I'll say is uh, it's a joke I, I always make with the boys. It's like we started that run kind of then, and I always say like, well, I mean, we didn't start winning until I got pulled up to varsity. So, <laughs> so uh, correlation, causation, decide for you. But yeah, dude, honestly, trips to the White House, hoisting the Commander in Chief's trophy, it wasn't a bad life for you as a football player at West. <laughs> no, Point. it was. It was a great experience. I'm thankful for every moment I had and everybody I met along the way. Um, I've had lifelong friends I've met out of that program. Um, Darnell Wolfel, Kalen Holt, Landon Salyers, Mitch Howard, Clay Barton, J.D. Moat. Just uh, I could name 100 names for you. Like, Yeah, man, it's the, uh, it's the brotherhood, right? Like, Scott, I'm literally talking to you for the first time ever in the life. And, dude, I'm, I'm legitimately interested. I'm invested. I love learning about Army football players. Uh, it's the brotherhood, man. Um, you know, I'm basically a decade older than you, but um, it doesn't like it, it goes so far. The the long gray line is long, and the Army football brotherhood is, is long. So um, I completely understand what you're saying with uh, with lifelong friends and and what you experienced the academy and what you guys went through. Super special. Never got to hold the Commander-in-Chief. Never beat Air Force. Never beat Navy. Uh, won a bowl game. Uh, and that was basically the highlight of, of Army football for that for that decade, right? Um, so, so you get all these – you got all these highs from, from Army football, right? And you know you got a commission. You know you're going to try out. Um, you know, you get drafted, right? So what what is – Scott, what is your, you know, what is your path now? So this is like uncharted waters for like, like no one's ever really had to do this um, as far as like my understanding. Um, but my. I, I, Scott, I'll, I'll stop you right there. I find it very hard to believe because everybody's done everything in the army. You know right. I mean? I'm saying like at my point in my career yeah. like where I'm yep. at. Um, and we're just like still figuring everything out. Um, I worked with Dan McCarthy a lot on it. Um, Colonel retired Dan McCarthy, who's the assistant athletic director. Now he really helped me understand like what the process would be. Um, so essentially I will 
switch over to like a reserve status and fill the rest of my commitment in the reserves, um, which I was telling Sal earlier. I have uh, I've talked to the reserve coordinator, hopefully with West Point. Um, so I'll be able to work with the staff up there and give back um, as much as I can. Yeah. So, Scott, I've got a really good buddy. I don't know if you've ever heard the name Josh McNary. Yep. But Josh, when we when we were going through it, we still had two years of active service before we could go um, go play in the pros. Yep. Sounds like is you're right about that time, right? You're right about two years, maybe correct two years. Yep, correct. Yeah. So um, I've got Josh's packet uh, in my inbox, still in my Gmail, from when I tried out for the NFL in 2014. Um, but uh, definitely after this, I'll get your number from Sal. Um, and I'm sure you got it all figured out, but Josh did the exact same thing. Okay. He owed five, but we had this like waverable go to the reserves thing. Yep. Um, type deal that was allotted to us after we served two full, full years of active. Same exact thing. And then basically, uh, so, uh, it was two years and then you had six left because you technically owe eight with right. five active three reserves. Right. Um, so I know you're doing all the right things. Sometimes it just helps to talk to a brother who's gone through it. I'll get your number from Sal. Uh, I'll shoot you Josh's number. I'll send Josh a note and, and just to kind of talk you through the process. Cause he was, he ended up signing with the Colts. Yep. Uh, I know, I know, who, I know Josh's name. Yeah. When I was coming in, he was kind of like, that was when he started his, his big yeah. thing. So. so anyway, um, that's good, man. So. Yeah, I mean, that's always been my my goal in the Army is to somehow give back to Army football because there there's no doubt, like, I came into West Point as, a, like, 18-year-old, like, boy, right? I was not – Same. I was not uh, – I was selfish. I was, you know, egotistical. I was basically, like – I'm here to go pro and everybody else is just here to watch me do it. Right. Um, so, uh, that, that place maybe through my mentors, uh, and through some trials and tribulations, it, it turned me into a, a little more of a, you know, bored of man. And, uh, that's all I want to do. I want to give back, man. And I know just hearing you talk about what, what transformation you made through West Point, you know, ideally, right, you're back there. You're giving camps at West Point. You're helping out with the special teams. You're doing camps for the high school players, right? You're from that area, right? That, that'd be like – that's a dream reserve opportunity for you, man. So that's awesome. Uh, and it's really cool that that's, that's what you want to do with your reserve time. So, uh, again, it just shows you that, you know, at the end of the day, you're still selfless. And, and even though you got this great opportunity – You'll continue to build on it. I don't doubt that if you continue this this drive, right? That okay, now you're in the UCFL and you wanna you wanna you wanna keep going, right? You know, there's no doubt you'll be playing on Sundays on the big stage sooner or later. Yeah, that that's the goal. And like I always tell my family too, my my thing isn't what I accomplish or I do. Like I do it because like yeah, it's like what I love to do and what I chase. But what I get out of it is when I get to work with those middle school and high school kids trying to get into college, trying to chase their dream because I know how much fun I had playing in college and doing it. 
So I want to give as many other people that opportunity um, as I possibly can, whether that's at the division three level or division one level, it doesn't matter. Um, I just want to help as many dudes get to their goal as possible. But, but also, right, Scott, you've got a great story, right? Uh, I was self-taught, got division one scholarship somehow thrown along, thrown a ball, 10 yards, 14 yards, seven yards. Right. Finally, and right, Scott, you didn't go down to Arizona and was like, well, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, but this is how I've always done it, and I'm doing pretty good at it, right? You didn't have that attitude. So, one, you've got the humility, right, that you can put upon these high school players, these middle school players, you know, even these college players. Now, I hate to tell you, Scott, you're an old grad, man. Uh, help out college players now, brother. Think about that very often. All right. You know, <laughs> uh, you know that, that you're not, you know, I, I, you're not a college football player anymore, man. Uh, so you can help at the college level. Um, so, uh, and, and the fact that you had the humility, right. That you just said, look, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. And you listen to someone and look at where it's brought you, you know, just the coaching tips. I mean, I know you've been coached multiple times since then right but that was kind of the the starting point and you can you're that you know you're that guy that's from new york that's going to help recruiting west point it's going to get guys um and i I love hearing the story man like uh, i'm from a small town in maryland and i try to get back to 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 that area you know coach bd used to recruit md i used to send him players all the time that were that were like me, 5'10", you know, undersized linebackers that um, that can play ball. Um, you know, I think I think like one's worked out. I think, unfortunately, but um, but hey, that, that one—that's all it takes. That one. <laughs> ah, shit. Hey, let's uh, uh, talk about the USFL now, uh, Scott, real quick. Um, so when you the news comes out that you first got drafted, right? I'm like. Oh man, this is great. New Jersey Generals. He's going to be playing, you know, close to home. He's going to be playing maybe in MetLife. Who knows where they're going to be playing? But find out that all the games are in Birmingham, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the whole league is going to be in Birmingham this year. Um, and I mean, for me, it's great because that's where my coach is like my my actual like, snapping coach now is and everything. So I'm like, I got a bunch of buddies there. I got my coaches there. Like I'm in the best environment I could be in, um, especially for my first year. Um, but yeah, the whole league will be in Birmingham this year. And then next year, I believe the plan is to branch out to their respective cities. So if I end up playing in it again next year, if they want to resign me for next year, um, I would play in New Jersey, I believe. But I'm not totally sure on that. Well, you're not going to give them a choice, Scott, right? Not yeah. going to give a choice. They're yeah. Have to resign you for exactly. To play this year. That's right. Well, there was a question about, um, you know, when the league ends, when the USFL league ends. And I'm guessing it probably ends around before training camp start in the NFL, right? So is that maybe the goal to maybe show up a little bit in the USFL and maybe get an opportunity to get get into a training camp in the NFL? Yeah, so for me, um, and this goes back to just like what Steve was saying, like my story or my path. Like I, coming out of college, when Eli and Cole um, got signed and Connor went for his tryout, like – I, we never got to have a pro day um, because we were scheduled to do it March 22nd and COVID happened during spring break and we never came back. So I never really got the chance to show anything in front of anybody. So that gridiron in January was my first chance um, 
and I got this amazing opportunity now. So my goal is yet yeah, to, to come into this, give NFL teams a live look at like, Hey, Holy crap. This kid's actually like good. Um, not like, Oh, well, we don't really have film on them. Like this is, this is my opportunity to show that I, I am as, as talented as I, as I think I am. And that, um, I, I want to be playing on Sundays. Um, that is the overall goal. So, yeah. And, uh, Scott, uh, you know, I've got quite a, quite a few buddies, uh, like buddies. And then I've got a couple mentors that are coaching at the NFL level. Um, actually one of my really good friends, uh, retired today from the NFL. I'll leave Illinois. Yep, with I saw that. Um, you know, and I had a great conversation with him today. Um, and, you know, you saw, um, you know, Cole Christensen made it out on special teams, right? And now he, you know, and he was getting linebacker spots. So, um, 100%, those opportunities are going to be there uh, for you. You know, uh, one of my uh, biggest mentors and one of the people I respect most in the world um, just took a job with the Minnesota Vikings, the assistant special team coach for the Vikings, Ben Kawika. Um you know, and, and just like for the UCFL and kind of through college, right, your your networking has helped you um, and it will only continue to help you because, like you said, didn't get a pro day. Right. Um, you know, sometimes you just need to get that 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 foot exposure yeah. that tryout. Right. All you need is that tryout. Um, and, and uh, you know, you, you'll do the rest. Right. Like that's that's all. That's all you can ask for. Hey, just give me a ticket to the show. Uh, and I'll put it on, right? Yeah. And and that's the mentality I love hearing from you, man, because that's all you're asking for, man. Like, hey, no special favors, you know. No, hey, if I don't, I don't, if I don't, if I don't make the cut, I don't make the cut. But hey, let me show up. Let me get yeah. to the show, and and let me show you. Um, and I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, when everything kind of went through, I talked to my uncle about it, and uh, Malcolm Mike, and he. he he said to me, he looked at me and he's like, well, it's all up to you now. Like you're in. He's like, I helped. I helped all I could. He's like, now it's just on you. He's like, I was like, yeah. I, and I'm excited. Um, and you, you, you want it that way, right? Yeah. Like, you, you know, that's, that's, you know, um, that's like a, an athlete's dream. Like, Hey man, just give me the opportunity. I don't want any favors. I, because look, if the UCFL is anything like the NFL, right? Like, uh, you know, it's not for long, right? And it's a business, and all those guys treat it like a business. Yeah. Okay. There, it's very much uh, dependent on the, you know, from what I hear, it's 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 similar to the military, right? Like, it's very high discipline. There's a there's a schedule. You're gonna be there. If you're not there, you're gonna get fined. Luckily, they can't find us in the military. Um, but uh, you know, it's 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 not a it's not a wonder why. You know, when I was a young cadet, and I don't know if you ever got told this, Scott, um, but Army football is going to prepare you the best to be uh, a combat arms officer. Okay, no, no field training, no academic course, nothing you're going to read, no military history. Um, Army football is going to prepare you to be the best kind of, you know, hands-on, caring leader, uh, but tough, uh, especially in the infantry. Um, so, uh, I mean, think about it, this mentality you had, 
right? If you can impose that on all your infantrymen that you lead, right? It it's only makes the army better. Yeah, you know? and, so it's, and that's it's what I'll really, say. It's actually been, I, I definitely learned some some stuff tonight on on the snapping the ball and the importance of it. But more importantly, man, I'm so glad I got to meet and talk to to you because this is a story I I've never heard before. I didn't really know a lot about it, and I, I'm going to be following. Uh, your journey through the UCFL and, and the NFL from here on forth. And, and I hope you know, uh, you know, you got a big brother in me anytime. Uh, like I said, I'm going to get your number. I'm going to reach out. You'll get my number. Um, and we'll keep in touch because this is, um, this is, this is a cool, cool thing that, that you're going through. And look, um, you know, best of luck, brother. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Absolutely. April 16th, I believe, is the opener for the New Jersey Generals against the Birmingham Challenge. I know the yeah. games are going to be on like Peacock and they're going to be you know, available where you can watch these games. So, hey, let's hope for a couple up. You know, Scott, you know, you know, playing for Army, right? There weren't a lot of punt opportunities at times for Army, right? Uh, Munkin liked to go for it a lot. Yeah, you should, you should have played in 2000, uh, 2009, 2008, Scott. It would have been great. <laughs> Let's let's hope that um you know Mike Riley will want to punt on like a fourth and two or something like that every once more often you know so I'm hoping for a lot of PATs. Uh, there you go. There's, <laughs> more. There's more and um uh, uh here here's one more time one more time Christian says he hopes you snap for the uh, Chiefs someday so yeah no, yeah you. you know what Scott with all due respect to your uncle Mike. Just not the Cowboys, not the Cowboys. Anybody but the co Cowboys, Scott. With all due respect to your uncle Mike. Yeah, that's that's my favorite question. People are like, "Oh, what team would you want to play for?" I'm like, "Whoever's gonna pay me, <laughs> whoever signs a paycheck." There you go, man. Hey, it's been great. Like Steve said, you, the art of long snapping by Scott Flanick. And then we get to. I, I knew a little bit of your story, so you know everybody gets to hear your story. I didn't know that you were mostly self-taught. That's great. And now this opportunity, man, uh, I hope everything goes well for you and we can have you on the uh, Black Knight Nation podcast soon. It's been, it's been great to have you on. Yeah, thank you. I, I would love to to go later on the season and, and revisit this. Um, I enjoyed this a lot. So thank you guys for the opportunity. Yeah, Scott, best of luck, brother. Uh, who, who are you guys open up against? The Birmingham Stallions. So right, we're, we're, we're the first Stallions, game of the season. Right? Yep. All right, brother. Take care, all right? Yep. You too. Thanks for joining us, guys. And you can find all our podcasts on our YouTube channel at Black Knight Nation. Take a look. We just had Joel Davis on. That was a very entertaining two hours, to say the least, Steve. And, Steve, we have a lot more in the plans, maybe even this weekend. So, uh, guys, stay tuned. This is just the start for the Black Knight Nation uh, podcast. We're, we're in high gear after a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, have a good night.